Marcia Schaefer, we are becoming galactic citizens, or that's the goal. Whether we're up to the challenge remains to be seen. Spirconomics. The commercialization of space would change the entire equation because you can't go out into space without finding out not what's out there, but who's out there. Marcia is prepared to take us into the next millennium. Background in science, business, and medicine, and a little bit of metaphysics. You grew up knowing about ETs from the time you were in the crib. That is an extraordinary background. Thank you. Yeah, um, I've walked both sides of the consciousness highway my whole lifetime. And I've gone through a traditional life of meeting the expectations that anybody in modern society would. But at the same time, Wendy, I've also had these experiences that have reshaped how I look at life and what its meaning is, what we go through in everyday reality and what might be on the other side of that curtain that we can't see. And the extraterrestrial experiences were a significant part of that that helped me take a very different look into things. So today I work with people, and as I work with them, I share some of those insights because the whole point is about getting us to think differently with new vision so that we can hopefully continue to evolve into a more enlightened species. When I first connected with you, I, you had the book out, uh, The Confessions of an Intergalactic Anthropologist, and I think that, I mean, the title alone is like, whoa. The you... title actually was suggested to me by those who visit with me, and, you know, extraterrestrials are not somebody I would normally take business advice from, because it sounded like a cross between a Harlequin romance and a Star Trek episode, but it actually <laughs> turned out, as long as it is, it actually turned out to be a very apt title, and it came from where that's one of the things they had told me on a sole purpose, what my life was about was similar to being an intergalactic anthropologist as I learned not only about other species and their existences and realities, it helps me have a much greater understanding and empathy for the human condition. So, um, you know, that's what that book was about. Years later, it moved from being my understanding about reality, our relationship to the natural order of the world, higher cosmic principles to understanding social order and how populations can move forward on a planet to progress and advance and build into an enlightened society. And that's what the second level of information was, where I didn't even realize that all the experiences I'd had since I was a child and born in the crib and all the visits were preparing me for that really the second stage of human evolution and moving the population forward. And that comes forward under the Spirconomics book. But all that information is really available to just to help us to become better thinkers about what the world is about and to look at things differently. Today we're in a position where we have so much in information and science has moved forward so rapidly in the past few decades that we now have the ability to look at things with new eyes. You know, when I first started talking about this, I had a lifetime of experiences, but I didn't really start talking publicly until the late 90s when I was really pushed to do so. And it was hesitant. And people were interested, but we also didn't have the information that we have now. We didn't have the advanced technology that we have now. And so I had to make a lot of um, comparisons against things that um, we didn't yet have in our society. Today it's much easier where we've got 
the Internet, we have telecommunications, we have invisible Wi-Fi fields all around us. So there's a lot of tools that are available to me as a communicator between worlds and existences to be able to help people to understand concepts. And as a result of that, because we have advanced so much as a society technologically that people are much more able to grasp ideas that were once a little bit way too far out for them and also to consider the reality of things such as extraterrestrial existence much more deeply and it becomes more real to them in times before when they could not make that same leap. So this is an extraordinary time that we have before us just because of the nature of the world in which we live. Right now, most people are focused on chaos, change, violence, all the tumultuous things that are happening around us, the politics in the United States and elsewhere. But if we look at it in terms of what we're achieving instead of what we're dismantling or what's falling down or what's not working or the hate and violence between people, there's a new shift to looking at where the human is going, if we can keep our eyes on the ball. And that, I think, is part of the secret, is everybody has to keep their eyes on the ball and not be distracted by all the chaos that's going on around us. These things are important. You know, the political issues are important, very important. Um, everything is out there to cry out for us to pay attention to it, but we're not always paying attention to the really important things that matter. And those important things that matter have to do with understanding reality, creating the future instead of just accepting the one that's been handed off to us, important things that leave mankind and lead mankind into becoming a very empowered, self-directing species who works for the betterment of the entire population. Well, just to think how far we've come in in our lifetime. I mean, I remember watching and being aware of how important it was with the first man to walk on the moon, Neil Armstrong. And there was a huge paradigm shift from that, just being stuck to seeing somebody out there and then realizing we are going out there with the Internet Space Station that we've had wonderful pictures from, and now we'll be able to take a vacation. Now, of course, they might change the date a little bit, but by 2026, this company's advertising, it'll be a $10,000 package to take a vacation on the moon. Wow, from in our lifetime that that has that well, you know, you reality. just brought up a very interesting twist. Back, I think it was in the early 90s, it was pointed out to me that the extraterrestrial reality issue would come about not because of the population demanding it, not because of a government proclamation, but that I was to get ready for the commercialization of space. And the commercialization of space, which back then, you know, was what? You know, yeah. only NASA, you know, governments do this. The commercialization of space would change the entire equation because you can't go out into space without finding out not what's out there, but who's out there. And as a result, as they pursued these commercial and capitalistic ventures, they would have to prepare the population to deal with meeting the relatives, as I affectionately call it. And so, you know, what you're referring to is looking at how we're moving the needle in a way where this is going to have to be ushered into society. 
So all the people who have, you know, conferences and the rallies, you know, that's wonderful for sharing information amongst a certain niche population. But in terms of the general public, the probable tendency is going to be just what you referenced. The coming commercialization of space is, space is going to usher in the extraterrestrial reality. And with it is going to bring so many peripheral aspects of what we need to know, you know, what's real information, what's fed information. It's going to change our lives in such dramatic ways. And this also brings in a very important another side of the equation that's been happening over the past few decades to mankind. As you've looked at advancing technology and the ushering in of the artificial intelligence and sophisticated electronics, what that has been doing is getting mankind ready in a new way for not just the artificial intelligence advent, but for extraterrestrial reality. Because artificial intelligence, from what I've learned in my experience with face-to-face -face contact, is a part of some of these civilizations and cultures. And so it's going to bring us to a whole new world, and it's also going to get us to look in a new way at what is consciousness and who are we. So, you know, this is such a huge pot of information that is about to come upon us that we're slowly walking into. But as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, intriguingly, our attentions are being put into some what I call wildfires, you know, political types of wildfires in terms of what is happening and what people are concentrating on and um, the divisions between people instead of looking at the commonalities and the union between us. I'm sorry, but you keep saying things about, you know, these other entities that you're dealing with, and we haven't gone there yet, and we need to take a quick break. So we're going to take a break, come back, check out the entities, and then more of Spearconomics. My guest, Marcia Schaefer, Wendy's Coffee House. An interesting footnote about my interview with UFO experiencer John Foster. This information didn't make it into the interview. It was about the birth of his daughter, Kendra. There was a Native American woman who came up to him. She was one of the people at the hospital. She came up and repeated comments that she would help their people at some time in the future, meaning Kendra. He did ask her what the spirits that talked to her looked like, and she said it was like a disc or light hovering over the campfire. And she said the voice spoke from the light or the disc. And as it turned out, he said, Kendra did help with some projects. She produced an educational video for the Nebraska tribes about the oral traditions of the tribes. So having that indication that the Native Americans were tuned in to Kendra's birth and then talked to him because of a resulting ET UFO experience is fascinating. Kendra didn't bring that up during our conversation. She's been around this. She's watched her father. After he had his big memory download in 1986, he started presenting his information at UFO conferences in the early 90s. And so what does she think about the reception to all of that information? Not only that, having her own experiences being around her father and seeing what he went through. To all of those people out there who think it's a bunch of baloney, I think maybe what I want to say is it's okay to think it's baloney. You can start from that premise. Scientific process allows you to start by thinking that you're not going to find things aren't going to come out right with your thesis. But keep an open mind because we know that things aren't really what we, you know, in every aspect of life, things are not what we, really, what we think they are. 
our scientific criteria may be different than what we've thought it was for the last several hundred years. The interviews with Kendra and John Foster are in the Coffee House archives. Wendy's Coffee House audio boom, and you can follow along on the blog at wendyscoffeehouse.com. I have experienced many different types of species, from humanoid types of ones and classic, what we would tend to call the greys, to reptilian forms of life, um, forms of life that I don't even know what to compare them to. And then there's a separate division that goes beyond that where it's more of a consciousness that doesn't need a body anymore. It's a very, very advanced type of being. Talking with Marsha Schaefer, you can check out her beyondzebra.com and Spirconomics websites, spirconomics.com. How to Snatch Back the Future is the new one. Um, the Confessions of an... Uh, Okay, intergalactic anthropo. What the Anthro- intergalactic anthropology? Yeah. Confessions of an intergalactic anthropologist. Thank you. <laughs> I don't read it. It goes up there and goes into the wrong file and comes out incredibly mangled. Uh, what I also wanted to say, though, the guy who was the first astronaut, I believe, for China, back in two thousand three, he was out for twenty one hours and said he heard noises. While he was in space, it was like a knocking. He said it was like the sound of a hammer hitting an iron bucket, and he it really was unnerving for him. And there's still no um, explanation for what that might have been. I wondered if you had a take on that. Well, we tend to expect things that we know here on Earth in our ordinary life when we look at, at space and extraterrestrial reality, and it's a whole new set of rules out there. As far as his specific situation, one thing that we tend to forget is that there is a different level of sound out there, that even the planets make noises and sounds. So it may not have been an extraterrestrial activity in terms of a sentient species. Mm-hmm. It may just have been some of the natural sounds of space, like which a are pinging. almost hauntingly eerie. Yeah, it was, it, to me it sounded like a pinging of some kind. But uh, I thought, well, isn't that cool? Because he's, you know, it's, it's still, it's unanswered. Now, with your stuff, when you're talking about describing your, your, um, the AI aspect of this extraterrestrial, how do you, what, what was that like or what is it like? Well, there's many different types of life forms out there. You know, when we look at Earth, all we have to do is look at, you know, mammalian species, the species on the insects, the, you know, um, ocean life forms, and you can see how there's just an infinite amount. So take that out into the cosmos, which is not confined by space. And there's ones that we tend to commonly talk about in terms of life forms, but there's so much more than that. And we have to always realize we're only just talking about a very small piece of what is out there. As far as the AI aspect, in some of the circumstances that I've experienced, there were were artificial intelligence in terms of what we would refer to as very advanced androids um, involved in the setting that I was in. And so that was an eye-opener for me, particularly in a very pivotal visit that I had in the late 1990s where it turned my life around and they were telling me that, you know, it was my responsibility to write the book, to go public with this. I'm going, no, 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 no. Um, There was a lot of information that was handed to me at that time about the potential future of the planet, things we'd be walking into. And at the time this was going on, that was one of the very first times that I realized that this was what we would call a synthetic intelligence next to some of the 
alien life forms that are out there. Now, when it comes to the alien life forms, because you've asked me to talk about that, there's a couple of really important things to remember before we go into the details. One, a lot of the information that we have is defined by channeling or people who've been very confused by experiences and very scared and just reporting back. There's a whole bunch of information about that, and what we tend to do is we tend to make it our diary of reality without questioning it or realize that it can be tainted by individual perspectives. So when we talk about different races and forms that are out there, I'm going to tend to use some of the nomenclature that people use, but I've been told that these names are just for our convenience and really have no meaning whatsoever. There are ones, and I have experienced many different types of species, from humanoid types of ones and classic, what we would tend to call the greys, to reptilian forms of life, um, forms of life that... I don't even know what to compare them to. And then there's a separate division that goes beyond that where it's more of a consciousness that doesn't need a body anymore. It's a very, very advanced type of being. Um, people tend to have all kinds of names for them, you know, ancient masters or whatever, but I don't know what it is, but they're very different. When I have an encounter with an extraterrestrial experience, uh, being, who's in a body, it's more experiential that I go through certain situations with them, but when I have an encounter with what I've termed a multidimensional that doesn't even need that, it's more of a spiritual experience where I'm getting a lot of very spiritual information and learning about how to be a better being. And um, the feeling is different, too. When I'm in the presence of an extraterrestrial, I can feel the dimensions warp. I can feel my consciousness shifting and changing, going into a slightly altered state, working very hard to keep my sentient consciousness up so I have that awareness with me. But when I'm in the presence of a multidimensional, it is so peaceful and loving and relaxed. It's a very different type of thing. So at this point in my life, I tend to aim for the multidimensionals. But going back to the extraterrestrials, because that's what everybody likes to oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you said there, there are some ones that are advanced humans that have indicated that we have a very strong genetic tie to them, that they're almost like a more advanced form of us. Now, people tend to refer to these in, in contemporary books and writings as Pleiadians. But there's several that have somewhat humanoid types of appearances that are um, more advanced than us, much more advanced scientifically, technologically. The ones that are of interest to me are these ones that have reptilian features because contemporary New Age metaphysical literature tends to paint them as villains, and I've never experienced anything like that whatsoever. I've experienced them as being a very advanced civilization where they're very strategic as to looking at their future, as to looking at the next generation coming up and taking care of their young and making sure that they're good citizens and that everybody's involved with the bringing of the next generation. And so they're really looking towards strategic future on their um, existence or planet in terms of you know, are we going to be able to go successfully into the future? And everybody works together in a different way that you don't have it on Earth, on this planet here. Oh, okay. And 
We're going to have to take a break. I want to get back to that. So from how do we get from here to there to to being eligible and uh, considered worthy enough to to make that transition without destroying everybody else (laughs) in our wake? This is a future we can barely imagine, and we're going to meet it head on. Wendy's Coffee House. You know, we have so much opportunity in front of us, but the information, to me, what I've learned, my what I've been requested to do is to help humans understand they have to become emancipated thinkers. Talking with Marcia Schaefer, you can check out her beyondzebra.com and Spearconomics websites, spearconomics.com. I'm sorry I had to interrupt you, but go ahead and resume because it was getting interesting. I think I was talking about the different species that were out there and yeah, the one reptilians. of the things I found in the reality of my experiences, such as the reptilian experiences that don't match what's out there that people are often talking about, brings to point something really important I need to address is that don't believe everything that you see and you hear. I have gone through my own personal experiences and that's what I rely on. And while there isn't a lot of information for the average person to judge, just keep an eye open and say maybe. Don't say it has to be absolute because this person is talking to you. You know, let's wait till see what the future brings in because there's so many different races that are out there. And people always have stories of they're good, they're bad, they're evil, they're spiritual. You know, sometimes we're just going to have to wait to find out some of this stuff. Um, the interesting thing is when you have your own personal experience, should it ever happen to you to help you make some of those decisions, it's really important to try to keep a portion of your mind open and awake and your consciousness very clear because you tend to just go into this state of being where you're in such awe of everything that's happening that you're not thinking very much about things that you would think about Normally, such as during, you know, where we're at today in our everyday conversation, would think to question or happen. You're just sitting there kind of like, wow. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a, yeah. a big fuzz, like, wow, this is just Yeah, and it numb. seems like when they contact, at least for me, my consciousness, my state of consciousness changes quite a bit. And I go into a different state of knowing and understanding. And that's why I made reference to it's really important. I've learned over the years how to trigger my intellectual awareness instead of my just um, soft fugue, fugue consciousness so that I can combine both. And when I was able to become a more interactive, calm um, participant and bring up certain things and question things not believe everything that they told me. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting twist. That's when my information went to a whole new level. It was as if they saw that I wouldn't be conned by the usual set of information uh-huh. that they give people, and I began to get some very profound teachings and information about the state of the universe, evolution, human awareness, um, you know, all kinds of things. It was like I went into an advanced teaching stage by showing that I was worthy or capable of getting the information because oftentimes what happens to people when they have an experience and they engage in a communication, they're told, you're an ambassador or oh, you're so important and a lot of garbage like that where, you know, it's playing to the human emotion. If there's one thing an extraterrestrial knows is how do you get someone to do something? You tell them that they're special and you feed their <laughs> ego. You know, it's uh-huh. like an in- I affectionately call it a cosmic hazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, if you can step out of that, because they would ask me to, you know, oh, you want to 
share this information like like hell. Pardon uh, my language. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like heck. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going for it. I'm not saying this. And how do I know it's true? And how do I know it's going to really happen? Right. And so what was really left impressed upon me is how mutable our future is and that we have the ability to shape the future and it's impacted by our awareness, our actions, our thoughts, and a lot of things that during everyday reality we don't often consider. And so that left me so impressed by the fact of we really are responsible for the future that we create and we have to come to an awareness of that and take responsibility for our lives. Because what happens now is we're being led to follow a life that's being scripted for us by others who are out there by not taking an emancipated stance and saying, you know, this is what we should have, this is what we should know, we have the capacity to go in a different direction. So the fact that the future changes and is not definite is really important in understanding that, you know, we can build the world that we want to build. But keeping that information hidden from us prevents us from having that full power. But do you think more of that is changing right now? I mean, the more information is coming forward? No, and here's why. And I think it's probably surprising for you to hear me say that because you'd think me going, oh, yeah. (laughs) No, because so much of the information is manipulated and painted and praying to the emotion and the human. I've had an amazing education, not as much about extraterrestrial reality, but about humanity, about homo sapiens, about human behavior. And the human experience is really driven by the emotional positioning that we have, by our responses from a stance of emotion. We can shift out of that as we become more self-aware, but the majority of us are driven by that. And so if we find information that matches our inclinations, that matches our thoughts, or matches our emotional reactions... We tend to glom on to that. We tend to say, see, yes, I was right. I knew this all along, and this makes me feel stronger because this information supports my point of view. Ego. And ego, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to do is enhance our perspectives and open up and release the emotional fixation we have on certain positionings and belief systems. You know, we have so much opportunity in front of us, but the information, to me, what I've learned, my what I've been requested to do is to help humans understand they have to become emancipated thinkers. And that means getting us up to a level where wisdom kicks in, where it's not just information that matches my belief systems, that matches my positioning, whether it's religious, spiritual, political. It's an ability to look at information and parse it and take it in and see where it belongs and see whether it really does have relevance or it should be in my stream of reality. But we're so susceptible to false information that you've seen even the media, who oh, is yeah. accused of giving false information, is having a big whoop to do about false information. Oh, it's, yeah. This is, right now, it's just a big game. It's in, all across the board, and it's just a challenge to figure out where the legit information comes from and what you pay attention to. In the meantime, you've got all the gossip mixed in with that, and it's really, um, <laughs> it's it, almost it's, a giant it's a free joke. For all. It's a free-for-all out there, and that's why this is about a, the opportunity for men to become an emancipated thinker and to stop and think and not react so quickly. Okay, well, the the thing is, how do you know it's wisdom? 
what what is the parameter for that? And I've only got like two minutes, but <laughs> All right. you know, for me, wisdom is something that comes wrapped up along tolerance and kindness. You know, wisdom is something that helps you make better decisions and think smarter and think wiser, and also opens up us to the path of higher consciousness. You know, one of the things that I've learned is nothing ever stops in a box, that there's always another layer to be able to see things and you see it differently. I'll learn something that years later I'll look at it and I'll have new information and say, I thought I knew the answer to that, but now I can see it from a whole new vision. So extraterrestrial reality has brought me a lot of personal wisdom where I no longer react rashly to things and make fast conclusions, and I know I always have to wait and see what's the real outcome behind this. But as we go out into space with the commercialization, there's so much opportunity, and man has got to get ready for being able to decide who's telling the truth, who do I believe? Do I believe the government? Do I believe an extraterrestrial voice? Often your own inner voice, once you get yourself into a spiritual connection, is the most powerful barometer of truth. I agree. And if it feels funky or not right, then that's a caution. Back in a few with my guest, Marcia Schaefer, Wendy's Coffee House. There's a lot going on on the planet right now, and this strain of thought, this philosophy of spiritual economics, economics that was given to me was driven by my experiences with extraterrestrial reality. Spiritconomics.com. Marcia Schaefer is my guest. Now, a lot of people, when they have extraterrestrial experiences, will talk about the happening or I was abducted or something really traumatic happened to me. My experiences are very different, where they've been learning and teaching and educational, being positioned to look at the planet and our population from an outside perspective as a species undergoing evolutionary growth, eventually making their way to the point where they will have an advanced civilization. We don't have an advanced civilization, though humans like to think they do. We do not. An advanced civilization on a planet is characterized by peacefulness, by equal opportunities, by valuing the species that are on the planet, and the sentient aware species are mentored and nurtured to move forward and be the best that they can be and are given the opportunities to do so. Humanity does not have that on the planet right now. But getting us to become an advanced civilization, a peaceful civilization who understands to value and nurture the species of their own and those around them is what is so important because that step is a critical step that is really important to happen before we move into the next space of cosmic interaction, not just going back out into space, but interacting with the other entities that are out there. Our planet is moving into a new confluence in the space-time continuum in out there, and with that brings different energetic pulsations, quantum particles, quantum energies that we haven't been experiencing before that see, have the potential to interact with human consciousness and awaken new neural pathways and opportunities within the human. So that's one way to look at the potential of what is happening out there. The social implications I want to get back to again is people need to find each other. They need to realize that this is the majority that is beginning to burgeon on the planet. And when they do that, great power will happen. And that's why I developed the forum online where I'm working with groups of people who have this type of philosophy and outlook 
and showing them that they can collaborate and become a significant demographic while pursuing higher consciousness, but being responsible social citizens, too. This is something that you join, you become a member, and you have access to other people of like mind and maybe experience or completely different experience where you just want to share the potential and the possibility and the amazing things that are happening um, on the planet and in this time, because there's so much going on that is just way off the mainstream media charts. It is. And that's the other thing I want to bring up. So I'm so glad that you talked about that is that this is still the hidden reality, which, you know, actually may not be a bad thing, Wendy, because you can get a <laughs> yeah. lot more done when you're not being uh, or not attracting attention to yourself by people who want to distract you from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. The Internet, you know, can be such a great place for coming together and learning, but now we have the new concept of trolling and people who can be so vicious online and just be a nuisance. So I think it's okay that it's still under the radar for the next couple of years and let it grow, let it um, come to a boil and let the people figure out what's going on on their own without the interference of online bullying. Though I have to say, most of the people who are into this type of information really don't give a Ratatouille yeah. about somebody who's going to have a comment on the on the internet, but the vulnerable who are just beginning to explore sometimes are, and is still very much influenced by those who. Yeah, you're right. The vulnerability when when you have a transcendent experience or you have a contact, any there are not enough words to describe something that's so mind altering and mind blowing. Immediately, it changes your your sense of. A self. And if you're in a community where this is completely taboo, well, that's a whole different paradigm you're going to have to break out of. So initially, you're going to get kicked back into, hey, conform, conform. And then as you become more seasoned and more comfortable and more confident that, well, this isn't going away and they're still denying it, but boy, it's right front and center for me, that comes along with a new sense of belief in yourself and security and awareness. And sometimes that takes years or decades to develop. And so what you're talking about in terms of keeping this under the radar for a while is healthy and it helps you become much more secure in knowing that there's a reason you are here. There's a reason your experience is valid because you bring a different aspect or attitude to the equation that we all benefit from. And that's what I think you do by creating a community where people can go and connect and say, wow, where are we going next? Thank you. You know, the other thing I want to add to what you're saying, another element of it that you just crept up to the door on is something that is so taboo in society. When you have the types of experiences that you just described, all of a sudden, you're no longer afraid of death. And death is one of the greatest, most taboo things in, in most societies today. Not all of them, but many of them. You're not allowed to talk about it. You have to address it within the conformity of your culture, um, you know, leaving the body. Everything that is done to prevent that from happening, it keeps a hold on the human because it keeps them in fear. And when you have these types of illuminating experiences where, oh, my God, God, you know, I've just been out of the body or I just had an extraterrestrial reality experience is somebody who's gone through it so many times throughout my life. I'm always come back with a holy mackerel. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm no spring chicken, let me tell you. And it still, you know, never ends. So what that's doing is 
getting rid of slowly the fear of death, which is one of the major strangleholds that humanity has had imposed upon it by external social forces. And once we explore that window, then there really is a type of freedom that comes and a security and a peacefulness from within. While this is happening to a great group of people, the more people it happens to, the more impactful it is. So it's incumbent upon those who are having these types of experience to be able to reach out effectively, to communicate and express what they're knowing and what they're feeling, what they're experiencing to those who aren't yet having those experiences or just opening up to them. So by putting it through the filter of understanding how people see things through different layers, it gives those who are already on the pathway in the know, great powerful tools to open up the doorways and invite more people in. And why I put forward Spurconomics.com and the Spurconomics online forum where there's a private place where we can pursue this. And I think you'll see more and more of these types of, of entities in coming together because this is a global movement about a demographic shift, but on a spiritual plane rather than on a material plane. It's going to be interesting to see what, if there's any biological changes, too. Scientists oh, yeah. have just started interjecting yeah. some um, very intriguing things with the genetic code, which are a bit alarming, and in introducing some new um, alleles. And, this is all science fiction, and it's now science real. So I was just going to say the same thing. Science fiction is now. You know, I love to look back at the writers of the 50s and 60s because they had such amazing stuff and were so percent, pre, you know, uh, precognitive of where we're at now. I think the next huge leap is going to be right around 2030 when you really see the difference in mankind in the 2030s. Well, what? okay, then we're going to have to time travel. I want to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time of the, the pioneers. These are the times when people have come to lay down the footprints and carve the pathway for those who are right behind to make it a tunnel to where, you know, my feeling, my sense is 2030s is going to be, there's a lot of work to be done between now and, and the 2030s. Uh, it seems like a very short time, and in some ways it is, but there's a lot of work to be done. And now I understand more of why I was given all these dates and all this information and shown certain windows of time when certain things must be done. It's now making a lot more sense with the unfolding of things on the planet. One of the things that's important for us to realize as we make this turn is respect, that other groups and other people with different viewpoints feel just as important and feel extremely righteous. Everybody has their righteous view of reality and what life should be. The difference comes in is when you say, this has to be your reality and you have to live under my paradigm, instead of saying we can all have a place to express mm -hmm. ourselves and go forward. Going to get increasingly interesting, but everything serves a purpose in many ways, and I think that we will end up looking at this particular time period as having a purpose that we may not see as the time as it's unfolding. Absolutely, I really appreciate your time. The website, Spurkinongs.com, is a forum. It's a it's a learning educational networking forum. I'll put some links on the blog, Wendy'sCoffeeHouse.com. Thanks for listening. Stay curious. <laughs>